Hi guys, Nicole Kernahan here. This is my backstory. Uh, so I'm actually kind of going through and answering a few different questions about my journey, where it began, what my obstacles were, what I'm doing, how the heck I got here. So stick with me. Hopefully this is valuable. Um, and I probably will be repeating this, <laughs> repeating this story a whole bunch of times um, as I kind of practice communicating and narrowing it down a little bit. Um, okay, so uh, where do I begin? About 15, 16 years ago, I was just going along life like everyone else. <laughs> um, just doing my thing. I was in the final year of university. I went to Wilfrid Laurier University in Waterloo, Ontario, Canada. And I had kind of just my average, your, your, I would probably say not just average, I would say your stereotypical like Canadian life dream. I wanted to, I was finishing my final year in university, getting ready to go into my corporate job with a bunch of my peers and friends. I had the vision to get married one day, to have kids, to live in a home not too far from my parents, like somewhere in the vicinity. Uh, and that was kind of my vision and my dream. I, I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do in life, but, but that's where I was going and it felt like it, it felt comfortable. It felt normal. It felt good. Uh, and then a surprise happened while I was in university in, my, in that last year. I remember very clearly that um, one day I was just walking around in the living room, like holding some paperwork in my right hand, and I just dropped the papers. Like, it seemed not really a big deal. Like, you know, you can drop things sometimes, but it was different this time. It was like I, I was, I didn't just, it's like my hand just kind of released without me telling my hand to do that. And then it happened again. And then maybe I dropped a fork or something, just like walking from the utensil drawer to the table. I just dropped my fork. Like it, my hand released it. <laughs> I was like, I didn't tell you to put that down. What hand? What are you doing? Um, so that happened a little bit. Then I started noticing my right leg was kind of like, a little, it felt like I just was losing control of it. Like I would kick the edge of a, around, walking around a corner of a wall that I'd walked around a hundred times and I like kicked it. I'm like, What? My leg doesn't normally, it wasn't flicking out spastically. It was just like I wasn't able to kind of control the direction of it all that much. Um, and then the couple other things that I think that next, the next day I was in class, I was sitting probably like middle of the room and I was a good student and I used to take so many notes. All you note takers out there, I'm with you. I was like an intense note taker. I was not one of those students that just could like study on the last day and cram. I took really good notes. I paid attention. I showed up to class, <laughs> brown noser. And um, yeah, I couldn't take very good notes that day. I, I, my hand was not able to keep up. It was like, it felt like it was just a little numb. I'm like, what? I, I can't keep up with the notes. The teacher's still talking and I, I've missed the last paragraph. And uh, I didn't, still didn't think much of it. You know, looking back, it kind of seems like something's going a bit odd, but I still didn't think much of it. I just thought maybe my hand was tingly, like it, like it kind of felt like I'd slept on it or something. Um, but then later that day, I was in a groups, group, um, we were doing a group project, and my classmates and I were just sitting, the, about four or five of us, at a table, and I was like, does my speech sound like it's slurring? 
I, it sounds like I could, I feel like my speech is slurring. <laughs> and they were like, um, yes, <laughs> you're not doing that on purpose. And I'm like, no, this, I, my, just my tongue is like not working properly. Um, and that was kind of the last straw, I think, where I was like, eh. well, it actually wasn't just my choice. I was, I, I just thought maybe I have a pinched nerve. It'll probably just go away. But from the encouragement of others in my life that I decided to go to the hospital to get it checked. And they sent me straight to get an M- a C- CT scan, actually. And at that point, literally just later that night, I couldn't sign my signature. I, my, my, so my handwriting had really shifted quite dramatically from the morning class till the end of the day when I went to the hospital. And I wasn't really able to sign my signature. So they were like, ah, we're going to go do a CT scan. And I came out and the doctor said, Nicole, I remember this so clearly. I was lying there in, I think it was ER, I guess, yeah. And the doctor came to me and said, Nicole, you had a stroke. And I said, no, I didn't. <laughs> of course I didn't have a stroke. I was like 21. That's impossible. I average health. I mean, it wasn't like overly indulgent in any particular thing. I wasn't a smoker. I wasn't a heavy drinker. I wasn't, I was eating, you know, average diet, I guess. Like now I know so much more that I was not, I was not eating very well, but at the time it felt like the average diet. And, um, I just didn't have any significant health like reasons that anyone would think I should have a stroke. But he was pretty persistent <laughs> about it. And they admitted me to the hospital. And over the next couple of days, it gradually got worse and worse to the point my right arm, the lower half of my right arm, the lower half of my right leg was essentially completely paralyzed. And my right face, my right cheek was just drooping a little bit. Not too bad. My face and speech weren't too badly affected. Thank goodness, because I'm a speaker and that would have been traumatic. But um, my hand and my leg were like essentially completely paralyzed. And um, yeah, the interesting thing, that sounds sounds like a big deal. It sounds dramatic. It sounds scary. Um, But the interesting thing that I'm going to share, I'm going to share a couple little nuggets here that I didn't realize the magnitude of at the time, but you know, 10, 15 years later, I'm like, that was a substantial moment. So I'm going to point out the substantial moment wasn't what I just described. The substantial moment was that I was not worried. The doctor said, we don't know why this happened. We don't know if you will regain functionality. It's possible that you may remain paralyzed, like have, do not, not have function of your right hand and right leg for the rest of your life. And I heard them, but I didn't hear them. I didn't hear them. I, I didn't hear them. <laughs> People thought I was, you know, in denial. And I was like, I, whatever. He said, I might not, but I'm going to get it back. So it's fine. Everyone cooled it, cool it. I was like, I had a positive mindset. I was feeling pretty confident. I'm like, I'm young. Uh, there's no, you know, I don't have any clear, reasons why this even happened. So I'm sure I'll get it back. I'm totally fine. Now, I really want to point out, I wasn't just saying that. I deeply and truly believed that. I had no doubt. It's very few times in my own life and in most people's lives where you can be presented with a health diagnosis and a physical situation like that and just not have doubt. Like, I'm going to get back. I'm going to get better. It's cool. No big deal. Don't worry about it. Like what? <laughs> this is what, that was really substantial. My level of belief was at a hundred percent. My level of I haven't shared anything about psychology yet, but my level of subconscious belief, I wasn't just saying it consciously. I deeply believed, I had a subconscious belief that I was going to recover and live healthy and happy and be totally fine. And so 
I only looked at solutions. I, I did not look at, you know, worst case scenarios. I did not research. I did not, um, I didn't look at that kind of stuff. I didn't look at the odds of having another stroke or what, at any other thing. I really literally only looked at solutions. And because I had that level of belief and because I was only looking at solutions, I made some pretty dramatic changes to my behaviors and my habits. I changed my diet significantly. I worked with naturopaths and nutritionists and osteo and chiro, and I can't even remember <laughs> a lot of different specialists. I went in the natural, the natural route, partially because they didn't really have much to suggest for me <laughs> for a stroke, um, uh, like in terms of healing from it or preventing, like other than just some basic nutritional things and taking a baby aspirin. But I really wanted to dig in and say, this is weird, and how do I really... Uh, trans- change, prevent this from happening again, and, and really change my my future outcome. So that's kind of that was the beginning. Now, what I haven't shared yet is so sorry. Important part of the story. Within about two months, I fully recovered. Yay! You guys can't see me because I'm on a podcast. Uh, so I've, if you don't know me, <laughs> I'm very fit and athletic. I'm not trying to say that to brag. I I just this is a really passionate area of my life, and I do not take for granted the functionality of my body. So I totally love being active and and exercising and doing all those types of things, and I have full functionality. Um, so it was over about two months where it kind of gradually got better. Um, but I was like, I had really made some substantial changes to my diet, gluten-free, dairy-free. Um, I, I don't know. I can't even remember all of it at the time. I, um, all the things I did immediately. I mean, because I, I, I studied, that was the beginning of my study into nutrition. So over the next year, two years, then continuing on for 15 years since then, I, um, have studied so much with nutrition. So I have made a lot of significant changes, but really quickly I made some pretty dramatic changes to my habits. I had a new zest for life. I was, I just was really deeply grateful for people in my life who helped and took care of me during that recovery period. It was, as much as I was positive and had no doubt that I was going to recover, um, there were still times when it was really hard to rely on, as an adult, to rely on uh, other people to take care of me. I remember tying my shoelaces, and not being able to tie my shoelaces, rather, and like having a little breakdown. And my mom's like, you sad because you can't, you can't tie your two lace shoelaces? It's okay. <laughs> oh, I, I just remember that moment. And um, yeah, so it was still difficult at times, but overall, I just didn't have any doubt that I was going to recover. And I did. Now, I'm going to give you a little glimpse of the future from that point, because it was three years later, I had been going to specialists every year to get an MRI scan, uh, which is just a more, a deeper, clearer view of a CAT scan, I guess, the deeper version of one. And I would go every year and I went right, I went several times that first year. And then I would, I went, maybe went every six months and then eventually went to every year. But within about, at about the three year mark, since this episode had happened, I was doing well. I'd been eating, eating really clean, exercising, feeling positive, managing my stress. Oh, by the way, I was highly stressed when this episode happened. So that was the only trigger. They're like, the only thing we can think of why you might have a stroke was like, I was highly stressed. And, and looking back, I, my life wasn't going to end if I didn't get an A in my exam, but that was the level of stress my body was feeling. So 
back to the back to my story. Three in the, at the three year mark, I went in by myself. Never go in for test results by yourself. By the way, I went in by myself to get the results of my MRI at that point. And I had been so many times before. They always told me the same thing. This, the te- this MRI scan tells us that you had a stroke and we don't know why. You had a stroke and we don't know why. Keep doing what you're doing. You, we had a stro- you had a stroke and we don't know why. This particular time, the doctor said, we don't think you had a stroke after all. Your MRI is now showing multiple lesions on your brain. You have multiple sclerosis. And I was like, I have the, huh? Well, MS, <laughs> I don't actually really know that much about that. I think it's like something in your brain. Maybe people, I, I, to be honest, I don't know if I was just young and naive. I didn't really know people who had it. I didn't know. I know there's some famous people who have it now. I, I really did not know much about it. I had no one in my life who had MS. So I didn't really know what it was. I think that I knew it was unlikely to die from MS. Like it's not like the C word, like the cancer word. So it it wasn't, I didn't have that kind of a a feeling uh, and the likelihood at least, but um, I didn't really know that much about it. Uh, That was a hard day. (laughs) As positive and strong and confident I was and that I had become, um, I just was shocked because I thought they were going to tell me the same thing as always. You had a stroke and we don't know why. And when they told me, you didn't have a stroke, we still don't know why, but you have MS, which is a degenerative condition, not a one-time experience, uh, that was really hard to hear by myself. And I had taken the bus there, so I had to take the bus home, and I was crying. (laughs) Oh, man, that was, I don't even know if people, you know, I don't know if my family even knows as much about this, because this was a long time ago. Um, So, interesting thing, after that experience, I decided to, I, I still had belief. I still had, I, I, I still have, so I really want to emphasize it. I keep saying the word belief, but it's just something I didn't understand for 15 years or at least 10 years. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand the impact of that in my life and how that affected my results in any area of life. But I, I still had belief partially because I had already been doing it. I'd already been living healthy with MS, not knowing I had MS. So I was like, well, (laughs) apparently whatever I'm doing with my diet and nutrition and exercise and lifestyle seems to be working. Um, So when I got the diagnosis of MS, I did something similar to what I did when I got the stroke diagnosis. I only looked at solutions. I, for at least a couple of months, I did not look at what is the worst case scenario of someone with MS? What are these common symptoms? What are the, you know, I didn't, I didn't look at it. I didn't look at it. I know now. I know now it's degenerative and com- it's common, not by no means always, but it's common for people to end up, you know, physically disabled in a, in perhaps in a wheelchair. Uh, sometimes there's pain associated with it, just different dysfunctions of the body. It's the, it's the myelin sheath, sheaths that protect the nerves in the brain that start to degenerate and then your body isn't able to send signals to your, your brain isn't able to send signals to your body to do bodily functions properly. Um, but I didn't know that. I didn't know that and I, I subconsciously knew, felt that I wasn't ready to learn that because I didn't want to be starting this journey living in fear. So I'm, I started this journey looking only for solutions and I did it again. Naturopaths, nutritionists, physio, chiro, everything possible. And what I found, this is a kind of cool side note, that the, nutri- the lifestyle, the diet changes I had made, 
the lifestyle changes, the exercise, a lot of the things that I was learning about how to manage and treat and support and live well with MS was pretty much exactly the same as what I was doing to manage to prevent another stroke from happening. So surprise, surprise, but um, it was very exciting and technically not that surprising because I'd been doing so well and they're both, you know, in the brain, but I, uh, I realized that it was essentially a similar thing. This is a really long story, guys. (laughs) Hopefully you can stick this out. Um, so let's just carry on here and see what, what I want to share here. So I think, um, what I want to kind of lead this to is that that experience, all those experience, that whole experience, those few years, um, really was a big breakthrough for me. That was a light bulb moment for me where I decided uh, as soon as I started to really study nutrition and lifestyle and I it was like the blinds were lifted. It was like I thought I knew what an average healthy lifestyle was. <laughs> I thought I was doing it. And then all of a sudden it it was like there's a bazillion pieces of information and research and about nutrition and lifestyle and this this was again this was 15 years ago so it's a bit more public today I'd I'd say but um, back then it was like I did not know I didn't know that wheat was inflammatory and what I didn't know that Uh, there was just so many things that I didn't know that I was and then that I had been learning and I had a deep desire to teach it to others I kind of knew from a young age like a child that I kind of wanted to be teaching in some capacity somehow teaching something I didn't want to be a school teacher but I wanted to be teaching people something and this was like my breakthrough I was like this is it I want to teach people how to live a healthy happy balanced life and I remember saying this to myself if only they knew this Every day I, was learn- I started studying, I started taking nutrition courses, I was taking personal training courses. This is all the while I'm working in corporate, by the way. I'm working nine to five in corporate and I was just doing all this stuff on the side. And um, all of my studies were, got, led me to, to believe that if only people knew this. And I was like, oh my goodness, I have to tell someone this. If only they knew this, they would change their diet. If only they knew, they would change their lifestyle. If only they knew this, then they could be healthy and happy and feel great just like I feel. <laughs> um, and what I decided to do, I gave myself some time to, to, to kind of go down this path, but the career path that I decided was that I wanted to actually like run my own business. So this was my breakthrough into the idea of being an entrepreneur as well. My, my parents had been entrepreneurs, so I had seen what the lifestyle looks like as an entrepreneur. But when you're working in corporate and all your friends are in corporate and you grew up, in, you know, you've been working in this environment for many years, it's, it is, um, you can easily get drawn into that. <laughs> so this, this health experience definitely was like my breakthrough of, okay, this is what I want to do as an entrepreneur. I want to be able to have own some kind of a business within the health and wellness field where I can teach people how to transform their lives through health and nutrition. So uh, what I ended up doing, I'll just skip to the point, but what I ended up doing was I decided to open a a health food store franchise. Uh, It was called Nutrition House, which I ran for about three years. This was after 10 years in corporate. That's how, that was the time frame when I decided to jump in and actually 
do this thing. And it was a huge financial investment. It was a business, right? So I'm talking about following my passion of teaching and helping people save their lives. And, but it was a business. It was a $200,000 investment, start the business. It was my background in corporate, my education in business. Um, there was a lot of, of business aspect to it, but it was the vehicle that I felt was going to allow me to change lives and really have that kind of um, that kind of personal impact that I wanted. I just, it was hard to, it's hard to describe, but I, I felt the shift. I felt my eyes open. I felt my life transform. I felt this belief and passion and for life. And I wanted other people to feel that. I wanted my family and my friends and I wanted any, everyone in the world to be able to feel this kind of feeling. Um, and this was really what I thought would be an option. The, the other thing that was really important for me in the financial, sorry, in the entrepreneurial journey, the other reason I really wanted to open my own business was because I wanted to have time and financial freedom. Sounds like a nice thing to say, kind of like a tagline, but because I had experienced my parents being entrepreneurs and I had seen them being home and being able to pick me up, I don't even know, I don't remember what they did or didn't do, but this is what I felt like, <laughs> you know, that they were home, they were home for me, they, or my mom, my mom worked from home a bit more, I guess, than my dad, he was in the stores, they ran their businesses, to, they still do run their businesses together, but um, but they were just available. They were around. And I wanted to be able to have that experience in my life. And that was part of the reason I had this vision of doing my own entrepreneurial venture was that I'll be able to control my schedule. I'll be able to create that life for my kids to be, which I didn't have children yet. (laughs) I did get married, by the way. I I did get married in that window towards the end of that 10-year part of that story. And then... um, uh, and I really wanted to be able to have the financial flexibility too. I felt like having an entrepreneurial venture, I would be able to, there's no cap on my income. I would, I'd be able to, my, what I put in, I'd be able to kind of create out of it. So I jumped in. Um, I say I, my husband and I invested together in this financially, but I was 100% running the business. He could, continued his corporate job and um, did not have the same personal passions and interests or knowledge in the natural health world. And um, so this was really my first baby before my baby was born. This was my first baby. Um, And then uh, it was going well for a while at the beginning. We jumped in. I left corporate. um, I started this journey. How We moved our whole, we moved to another different city. And um, it was going well at the beginning. It was going really well. I was like, this is it. This is my forever job. From now on until I retire, this is what I'm going to do. This is it. I found it. I'm grateful. I'm excited. I'm probably going to open multiple locations. This is kind of like my vision. And it was going well, like I said. It was going well for a while at the beginning. It was hard. It was hard. (laughs) It was hard to run a brick and mortar business. It's hard to run any business. Uh, it was hard, even though my resume appeared as though I was the completely perfect ideal candidate for this business opportunity, it was still really hard. And I had been doing really well in corporate, getting promotions and recognition. I, I did so well there. So I just kind of thought I did really well in school. I was like, I'm just going to be awesome at this too. Um, and then it, it wasn't quite as awesome as I thought. It was really hard. Uh, but it, but it, we did do well at the beginning. Like we were, we, we were doing well. Sales were doing pretty well. I had a really incredible staff. I actually had incredible staff the whole time, naturopaths and nutritionists and other health professionals. So we really, I really, really, really wanted to change people's lives, like I said. So myself and my team were all highly educated to be able to make that kind of impact 
on people's lives. Um, and then about, I don't know what time frame it was, somewhere about two years in, maybe two, probably two and a half before I actually admitted it to myself, where we were like, ah, this might not be working out quite as well as we thought for two reasons. One, I'll just talk about the business for a second. We were losing money. That's not ideal in a business scenario. Uh, I was doing everything. I wasn't doing everything because I know that now. At the time, I thought I was doing everything. I was doing marketing strategies. I was doing, we had, had sales trainers come in. I was, oh, I was going on local TV shows, which was amazing and fun, by the way, to kind of create awareness to our location. We were doing seasonal marketing things, trying new product categories, pricing strategies. I was using all my business background and education, plus my bubbly personality to kind of get out there in the community. I was joining networking groups and business groups. Um, I felt like I was doing a heck of a lot. And I remember people saying, if you can't make this work, Nicole, no one will. Except I didn't really believe that. I kind of, I wanted to believe it because it was a beautiful thought and I felt it boosted my self-confidence. But I was like, no, no, no. If this is going to, if this is meant it's possible for this to work. That's what I meant. I felt like it is possible. It is even possible for me. Um, so I was holding on. I'm like, I am not a quitter. I'm not giving this up. This is my dream. This is my forever job. I'm staying in here forever. Even though my husband was like, are we going to draw a line here eventually? When are we going to check in and say this maybe isn't the forever job? My parents like, had to lend me more money, a lot more money. Um, I just didn't see it. I didn't see it. <laughs> I was like, this is it. What are you talking about? So that was just one thing. One piece was the business itself started to, to, to struggle and it was kind of continuing going down. And I also will say I had a baby. I had my, uh, my son, um, around that time. So that was definitely when we started to see more of a challenge because I could, I chose, my value was to chose to be home with my son a lot more. So it, you know, like any business, it's just more difficult, of course, for it to run the same way if I'm not there, even with incredible uh, staff. Um, but secondly, so that's, that's kind of all part of the first point was really the, my business results were declining. And I guess my life changed very much though. When I had a baby, my values changed significantly. Um, the next piece, this was a really big one. I almost wanted to share it earlier, but I waited till now was client's results. Remember when I was saying, once I started studying this nutrition, I was like, if only they knew, if only they knew that this food would change their health and would reduce their inflammation. And if only they knew that eating this way would give them more energy and would help them sleep. If only they knew that exercising could improve their bone density and they wouldn't have to, and then they could change their diet and not have so much acidity and they wouldn't have to have osteoporosis. (laughs) Um, If only they knew omega-3s and these healthy fats can help your brain and your memory and your focus and your mood. If only they knew. The problem is they did know. They didn't know necessarily before meeting me. Like some of them did know before, some of them didn't. We had thousands of people coming through my store 
And we taught everyone, we taught everyone with passion and enthusiasm and excitement, all these things, we'd answer their questions, we'd have new questions come up and we had resources, we had other naturopaths, we'd go out of our way to give them the information and perhaps the products. If they needed products, of course, we would sell them the products that they need, but we also went above and beyond and gave them a whole bunch of other information. We definitely had high quality service in that store. Um, The problem is that a lot of the people did not stick it through. And there's so many different reasons for that, which I found out later and I know now, and I'm so grateful that I know now because I, now I can teach people now and I could, would have taught them then if I knew then. But um, they had the knowledge, but knowledge does not equal behavior. Knowledge does not equal changing your habits. Knowledge does not equal belief. Knowledge does not equal your self-image. Knowledge does not equal how much time you think you have or how much money you think you have available to apply to this knowledge. And knowledge does not equal results. There are a ton of extremely educated, smart, knowledgeable people out there who are not getting results in their business, in their health, in their relationships. It's not the knowledge. And this... um, uh, But at the time, I was just like... I was. I was like upset. I was frustrated. I, it was so hard. I'm like, what? My, 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 my bright light shining of, if only they knew. I can't wait to share. Started to dim and started to dwindle. I'm like, oh, how many thousands of people do I have to tell before someone's really going to grasp hold of this? And some people did. I'm, I'm not saying zero by any means. Um, but I would say, like we're dealing with the general public here. So <laughs> I would say by sh- for sh- the majority did not um, grasp this and have the life transformation that I was hoping for. The type of impact that I wanted to have in people's lives was not, was not, was not coming through. It was not happening to that same degree. Um, so one day, while I'm going through all this, <laughs> business declining, sales are losing money, clients are not getting the types of results that I want based on the knowledge we're giving them and the service we're offering, um, I was home with my son sick and I decided I'm going to share with you this cool little synchronicity I decided randomly to turn on the movie The Secret which I had seen before I had seen maybe 10 years before though I hadn't seen it for a long time just out of nowhere like I can't even tell you I couldn't tell you where that thought came from I I don't know I just was like well I'm just sitting here my little guy's sleeping and I can't do much so what am I going to do and I didn't feel like watching just random movies. I guess I, I guess I was in the mood for something inspirational or educational. I don't know. I stumbled upon the movie um, and I put it in and I watched it. And then I was like, I'm going to watch that again. <laughs> and then I watched it again. And I was like, I'm going to watch that again. And then I watched it again. And I, I, I primarily listened, to be honest. I had my eyes closed most of the time, but I was listening to it. And I just kind of had it on repeat for a few days and I started to feel more inspired and uplifted. If you haven't seen it, it's lovely. It's got some really amazing information in it. It's definitely dramatized a bit for Hollywood. And now, with the knowledge I have now, it's missing some key nuggets. But it was an incredible eye-opening thing to start with, at least. And, um, and then after watching that for like four days in a row, <laughs> over and over... I was scrolling through my email and this podcast from someone named Sean Croxton, you may or may not know him, he used to be Underground Wellness, which was a health podcast, and he had a podcast 
that just popped up in my email. I didn't watch that, listen to that many of them. I loved him. I just didn't listen to that many of them. But this particular one was on, I think it was like women's hormones or something. And I have a lot of clients with women hormonal things going on at the store. So I'm always looking. I was a continuous learner, which I still am today, but I was always looking for new information and new updates. So I was like, oh, I'll listen to this podcast while I'm getting ready this morning. I press play on the podcast. And before he has the speaker come on, so he's not the one teaching all this. He has another speaker come on. Before the main speaker came on, he said, before we start, I'm going to bring on my friend Bob Proctor here. He's going to talk to you a little bit about this upcoming three-day event he has about the mind and about uh, changing your results. And I don't remember the words he said. I just remember one second later, I hear Bob Proctor's voice. This is a podcast, right? Uh, This was a podcast, so I couldn't see his picture, but I heard his voice. And I hear Bob Proctor speaking, and I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but I remember how I felt. And I remember thinking, wait, that voice, that voice, I know that voice. That voice sounds like the old man. (laughs) He's 85. I know him now. I've met him several times. He's one of my mentors. But at the time, I hadn't. But his voice, I was like, that's the old man from the movie The Secret. He's the one at the very beginning that says the secret is the law of attraction. And I immediately Googled it. And I was like, let's Google Bob Proctor. Yes, there's this picture. That's him. That is the guy that I've been watching that video four times or four days in a row. I probably had watched it six times by that point. And I'm like, well, isn't that a coincidence? And Bob Proctor is talking about this three-day event that's coming up in like, this was Thursday, I think. And the event was Friday evening, Saturday, Sunday. And I can't recall the cost, but it might have been a couple hundred dollars, which was a lot at that time when I'm losing money in my business. But I was like, I have to do this. And um, we were able to stream online. I didn't have to go to California. To, he lives in Toronto, Bob, but, but this event was in California. And you could stream it online. And I signed up right away. I streamed it online. And then I watched that for three days. I wonder what my husband was thinking. I should ask him. I can't remember what he remembers of that experience. It might be a little bit of a blur. I was kind of in a zone of like, real. I was obviously taking care of my little baby, but... <laughs> kind of ruling out all other life challenges or obstacles because I was in like this massive epiphany mode of oh my goodness why didn't I know this before why doesn't everybody know this this is the missing link this is the answer this is why my I had great results in corporate but I couldn't get results in my in my entrepreneurial business this is why my clients aren't getting results in their health this is it this is the answer Uh, And it was like, I kind of felt a little bit of that, even when I had watched the movie, The Secret, and when I started hearing Bob talk a little bit in that podcast, but it wasn't really until I watched that, that, that um, seminar that it just like totally hit me like a slap in the face. He was talking about paradigms. If you haven't heard the word, paradigms are your habitual way of thinking, your habitual way of being, habitual habit. Um, and it's passed down from generation to generation, and it's a lot. A lot of it's created from childhood, and um, and other different life experiences. He's talking about this diagram of the stick person, which you'll have to check out some of my other material that has visuals, so you can see what that's all about. But talking about um, this concept that your what your thoughts control your feelings, your feelings control your actions, your actions control your results. It's the success, uh, this success equation. And I was like, oh my goodness. So your knowledge doesn't create your results. Your knowledge 
you have to consciously choose how you want to take that knowledge and put it into your emotions, into your feelings, as your subconscious mind. Your feelings create your actions, and then your actions create your results. Bah! So this was a, that was another breakthrough, which kind of ties in with the paradigms piece. And then he also started talking about different types of goals. And if you set goals based on what you've done before, if you set goals based on what you think you can do, or do you set goals based on what you truly want? What you, the life you truly want, the experiences you truly want, the things you want for yourself, the things you want to be able to do and give and be for yourself and others. What types of goals are you setting for your life? And I realized in that moment that I had actually created a job with my health food store, which I thought was what I wanted. No one told me to, by any means. If anything, my parents were actually like being really cautious. They're like, I don't know if this is a busy enough, busy enough location before I bought it. Um, but I was... I was stuck in, in that, stuck in that decision at the time. Um, and I realized that this is not the vehicle of my dreams. I want to be able to have time flexibility, and I don't want to be in a business that's open seven days a week in a shopping mall that I have to go to. Um, as much as it seemed, I had to, I, there was aspects of it that I loved. Um, but anyways, so there was, that was the first kind of realization was that, oh my goodness, I'm not in the right place <laughs> for, my, for my own, my, this is not my life purpose after all. There's a different way I'm going to be able to empower and transform people's lives. Uh, and then, which leads me into the second point was now that I had this information, was like, oh my goodness, this is, this is, this is how I'm going to change people's lives. This is how I can change their health. I can change their, help them. They do the work. <laughs> I, I just facilitate the work, the, the teaching of it, I guess. But to really um, make that kind of impact that I was hoping to make from the whole past 10 years that I wasn't able to create up until that point. And I love what one thing that I learned in this epiphany moment, I guess, of mine was this one sentence that really stuck with me. It goes, if you really want to improve your life, you have to ignite change at the level where your results come from in the first place. You have to change your mind. Sounds simple, sounds basic. I realize the complexity of the mind. Our mind, our paradigm is where our habits are. Our habits directly affect our, our actions, our results, our life. Our self-image, our beliefs, our fears. Do we look at life from the glass half full or look at life from the glass half empty? And I realized that my habitual way of being, my paradigm, had guided me through that MS episode and that stroke. And it was not, it was my way of being. It was my mindset. It was my mindset that was the root cause. That, that's the level at which your results come from in the first place is the mind. That's where my results came from. Now, they didn't come from my mind and then I magically healed, which, may be op- which might be possible also, but the, they started in my mind and then I changed my actions. I changed my diet. I, went to, I didn't care how much, I, I literally was willing to spend as much time or money as possible to heal my life. I had a belief. I had a high self-image. I had a vision. I was grateful. I had all these things that I didn't know I was doing that was creating, that changed my actions, that changed my results. And there's so many layers to it. Like It's not just, just simply having belief, that even though I know I emphasized that a lot at the beginning. That is an extremely important part of it, that it, you cannot go beyond what you believe. So the very important part of it. But it was really like all these layers of psychology. I was like, oh my goodness, I did all these things. Now I can change the world. So this exciting weekend of Bob Proctor, uh, in that event, 
they, he said from the stage, if you would like to learn how to work with us, send us an email. Go to our website, proctorgallagherinstitute.com, and send us an email if you want to learn how to work with us. So I sent an email before telling anyone, <laughs> my husband or my parents or anyone, and then they reached out to me like two hours later. I'm like, wow, these guys are on top of things. They called me two hours later. I remember the man. I got to know him fairly well afterwards. And we chatted for quite a while. And I learned a lot more even than what I had just learned about the power of the mind, the power of um, how to change results in any area, how to double my income, how to transform my career path, transform my health, and how to be able to teach others to do the same. And um, I felt pretty passionately right away that I wanted to jump in. I was like, this is it. I thought the last thing was it, but now I understand my values, my purpose better. Um, I understand where I had gaps and I can see that this is closing the gaps and I felt like this is it. This is for sure what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to now coach people to on how to change any area of their life, not only their health. And um, so I really wanted to do that. And then we had a couple of phone calls and then he told me the price. And it was... I forget, $25,000, $25, I think. Yeah, around there. <laughs> How could you forget? It's kind of a big number. But uh, it was a lot of money that I didn't have in the business that was losing money. And I said, no, I can't. I can't. I was like, dang it. I thought this was my life purpose. I thought this was my calling. It, all these synchronicities happened that came together. And I got to this moment. I'm on the phone. And I said, I can't. And, I, and boy, am I grateful that he understands this material because he was aware of my beliefs and my paradigms and my fears and could really support me, not convince me because that's not good for anyone, but really could support me to help me make this decision without and feeling if, if it's meant to be, I can make it happen. It is possible. I just have to be willing to believe that it's possible and then find a way to make it happen. And then I was like, you're right. <laughs> Dang it. You're right. I can find a way. And I found a way. I found a way to make it happen. And I, with support of family, <laughs> to lend me more money, because they have, which I'm so deeply, incredibly grateful for, uh, to have that level of belief in me, even after having so-called failures. But it's not a failure. It's a learning experience and a lesson. But having what I felt was uh, you know, some degree of failure from my previous business, I was so grateful that they could see how this was the right fit for my next stage of life and how I was able to really make this, um, make this shift. So I signed up and I started to study and become certified positive psychologist. Uh, at the time, it was with Bob Proctor and Proctor Gallagher Institute, which I'm still certified with and still certified with their material. And then I, through that program, I actually met someone named Tony Child, who is also a very good friend of mine. He was the number one coach with Proctor Gallagher Institute for a while now, and he's branched off and created his own uh, company, uh, Elevated Worldwide, and I'm certified to teach and train that material and that program as well. And um, so... Very exciting. So I decided to leave the store. I decided to sell the store. It was just, I'll keep the story condensed there. It was a tricky transition. Ended up, the head office ended up taking it back. Um, and we did lose a lot of money in that process. But I was able to transition out of that store very quickly. And it was a lot of it with what I was learning. Oh, sorry, I should also mention important side note. How could I forget? 
I started to implement this knowledge right away in my business before I decided, before, no, I already decided to leave the store, but before I physically left the store, I implemented what I was learning right away with myself and my staff and sales went up like 20% in like six weeks. It was a crazy, it was really crazy. I already knew we were selling, I knew we were getting out, so I wasn't doing it with the intent of changing my mind to stay, but although it did cross my mind briefly, <laughs> but um uh, but it did allow me to kind of practice some of what I had been learning and reaff- reaffirm, wow, this does really work. This can really work. It is really possible when you, cha- when you ignite change at the level where results come from in the ber- first place, when you change your mind and the mind of your team and your staff through a very specific process and a system, like, um, which I can get into in another video, in another um, podcast. I will be getting into a lot of these tips and tricks in other podcasts. Um, but it was pretty shocking how fast I got to see some change there. We still left the store and we still lost a lot of money. And, um, yeah, it was painful. It was really, it was really hard. It was like, I was starting this new journey with so much belief and passion, like another level. I thought I had belief and passion when I started studying nutrition. This was like the breakthrough for me where I kind of realized this was, equally important, but I would say more important even than the nutrition and lifestyle factors, which are still very important. Um, but what, but it was still, it was still really difficult because I owed a lot of money. I was in a lot of debt. It was, it's like this interesting thing of believing what's possible and seeing the future. I'm sure many of you are, are in this situation or have been, and I have definitely been up and down in many times. Um, but having this, a consistent belief of what's possible and looking forward and knowing where you're going, not looking at where you are or where you have been. And um, so it was really this like ability to say, I believe it's possible and consistently working towards where I'm going rather than looking at this situation that the financial situation that we were in when we were kind of going through that transit transit transition. Um, uh, and I would also say, just from a kind of little side note, but one of the interesting things that was a, a trick for me was I had created this 10-year, over over 10-year brand image of Nicole Kernahan, Nicole Fennell at the beginning, and then Nicole Kernahan once I got married, the health professional, health and fitness guru and expert in health, la, 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 la. And when I transitioned into this field, it was like, no, 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 <laughs> I'm changing your life. I'm changing your, helping you change your business. I'm not doing it. I keep saying that. You are changing your business. I'm just supporting you with the tools and information and process to change your business, to change your life, to change your relationships, and to change your health. And I don't even believe anymore that you can change your health if you don't change the rest of your life. If you're depressed in your career and you are feeling like you're broke all the time, it's really, I would almost like to say impossible if you're feeling that way. Not if you're, you can be broke and have optimal health if you feel abundant, even though you don't physically have a lot of money. But if you feel scared, worried, fearful, doubt, depressed, and overwhelmed and worried, I I might've already said that, if you feel that way all day about your finances or about your relationships or about your career, even if you're eating really well and exercising, you can't have optimal health. So I totally believe that you, I, I, like, I look at seven different areas of life. I always look at these seven different areas now. So I don't even, I, I don't even separate us. We are one person. We have all these pieces fit together. But anyways, my point there was that it has been an interesting transition to rebrand myself really over the past four years, I guess now, to really say I'm, I'm health as well as all of these other um, aspects because 
when you learn how to change your results, you learn how to change your results in any area. You choose the area, we'll show you how to change those results. Uh, if it happens to be health, I got like a supreme bonus information because of my life experiences and study in that field. But, um, but that's not really, not really the, the root cause isn't just that nutrition health information. Um, so, okay. I think this is almost the end of the story. You might want to know where I'm at now. What am I doing? Where am I at? What's going on? How have I, what have I achieved? What have I been able to transform internally, externally? So let me share these last few words for those who've actually listened to this entire podcast. Um, the transformations that my clients have been able to experience since working with me in positive psychology through either thinking into results, which was one of the first programs I would facilitate. And now I primarily teach and facilitate and coach people through a program called Elevated Life and Gratitude. Um, I literally just did about five or six or seven (laughs) interviews with clients over this past week. And I wanted to cry. I did cry a little bit (laughs) in one of them. I wanted to cry in almost all of them because this is like my life purpose actually being fulfilled. The vision I had 15 years ago when I had that MS episode and I was like lit on fire and I want to change the world. I'm going to change people's lives and I'm going to give them transformations. Now I'm actually seeing that to like a degree I could not even dream possible. The things that they are experiencing, they're, they're experiencing, they're doing the work, they're doing it. I'm just supporting and facilitating, giving tools and information and, and helping them see things a little differently. But I, I, I have to give them credit. They're the ones doing it. Um, but the types of transformations that people are having in their relationships, in their health, in their financial situations, uh, in their career, in their entrepreneurial journeys, a lot of them, most of them are entrepreneurs and some are both doing multiple things, but, um, I just like, I just can't even believe the, and, and, and I would really say personal transformations because some of the examples are like, the fact that they change the way they think, so they change the way that they email their clients. And now all of a sudden they get much better responses and more, more clients and repeat purchases. Or another person, another client of mine is a singer, a songwriter, and she's like, I built up my self-image so much that I now am booking things that I didn't think I could before. I'm, I'm charging more for my, my services. And um, just really cool transformations, having people saying, I can sleep better, I don't have anxiety anymore, I, have, I feel more peaceful and calm. I have one woman who's uh, funded, her, funded her retirement really early, like dramatically increased her financial position. Um, but, uh, but really, and, I, and I'm giving a, couple, a few different examples here, but the true changes are the internal things that people are experiencing. That people are saying that I feel like loved. I feel like I love others. I feel so grateful for every moment. I feel peace. I feel joy. It's these deeper level emotions that money can't buy, time can't buy. It's like those are the kinds of transformations that people are telling me I mean, I know I've worked with them, you most of them, for at least six months. But um, just being able to see that is like, I, I, I can't even put into words that experience. And of course, um, I have had that experience as well. My own experience of being able to now be aware of what I was doing in my health at that time and now being aware to apply that knowledge and process and system and in self-image and like build up my own belief about my 
my capabilities in my business and in other areas of life um, is just so incredible. I just, I, I think the one of the words, the, the sentence that I like to say that sums it all up is I am good enough. I am good enough. I am able, I am able and I'm good enough. And that um, a lot of times people don't feel comfortable saying that. They're like, what do you mean? Of course I'm good enough. But that's an underlying lack mentality. Most people have some, one of those seven areas of life or more where there's a feeling of not good enough. I'm just not, I'm just not good enough. I couldn't do that. I couldn't, I could, you know, you could do that, but I couldn't do that. And it's not true. We have infinite potential. We never will reach our potential because it's infinite. We can only move up and approach it. I also want to share, which is important, that uh, I did pay off those debts from the store, okay? So I paid off all those debts. There's a lot of money that we owed from a few different things in that experience, paid off all that debt. We've moved into a new, nicer home, which I'm so grateful for, and we have a finished basement so my little guy can play and have all his toys down there and not in our space <laughs> upstairs. We've had the opportunity to have some travels. And then this is not all from money I've just made in my business. This is from living in an abundant mindset, living in a being gratefulness mindset, which I'll teach in another lesson. But it is the open-mindedness of, of the ability to bring in goodness in my life in multiple different ways and not being limited to thinking it only has to come in from one way. Um, and of course, really important piece that I said earlier on, part of, my, part of the reason I wanted to be an entrepreneur in the first place was to have time flexibility, to be able to have time to be home with my son, to be able to pick him up from school and, or uh, just do things with him and have him home part-time and just, just be flexible with my schedule. And I've absolutely created that. And that might be one of the most important. I know that's one of my top values. I've spent a lot of time <laughs> this past few years assessing my values and my goals and, and making sure that they're aligned. I call them the three pillars of purpose. That's what Tony does. Tony Child created that actually, the three pillars of purpose, but we're kind of lining up your values, your strengths, and your desires. And um, so I spent a lot of time really assessing my values. And I know that having that time flexibility um, with my family is so important for me personally as a value. It doesn't need to be important for everyone to the same degree as a value, but it's really, really important on my values. And your values always win. Whether you want them to or not, they tend to win out and they'll kick out your dreams. They'll kick out your goals. They will overtake um, things because your values are, are, are kind of overpower you a little bit. So it's really important, and it has been really important in my life, to really be aware of that alignment so that I can have dreams and visions and goals and work in a business model where I can fulfill those, my purpose and really make that impact, but also have that time flexibility, which is a really high value of mine. Okay, I think I'm done. <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to share for now. I hope this is really empowering. I'm curious... Um, if you were able to stick it through and actually listen to this, maybe multitasking, doing something else at the same time, I'm going to probably try to make a version of this that's about 10% as long, but this is the full version. You got my story. Hope I didn't miss anything out. Can't imagine I left too much out. Um, but I'm just really grateful. Actually, I do want to say one really important thing that has allowed me and empowered me to do this journey is my husband. I, I know I mentioned my parents. They were obviously a huge factor of this as well. But um, my husband's belief in me and in my capabilities sometimes was the thing that helped me believe in me. Even though I've been telling you how much I have high belief and I've believed in myself, when you're struggling, when you have an obstacle and you're looking in your, your reality and you're like, you can still have moments of doubt. We're all human. 
And um, like, I'm just so incredibly blessed and grateful that he supported, supports me, continues to support me. It's not over. We are still in the journey. We're still working on it. It's a, it's a continuous movement towards fulfillment. Um, but it, uh, yeah, I just, it has been such an important part for me. And I'm so grateful that I have a partner in crime that really can uh, support me and allow me and encourage me and believe believe in me sometimes more than I even believe in myself. That's why we have others. <laughs> That's why I have my coaches as well uh, that also kind of add that support and keep my cup full all the time. All right. Thanks so much for listening and we will talk to you soon.